Hey, Dennis. Yo, what? Where do you go for legal advice? I go to www.bettercallsaul.com. Where don't you go for legal advice? www.hwepodcast.com. You're not getting legal advice not here. Not from us. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. The Human Resources Director, Little Miss Hostel Work Environment. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Going very well, Dennis. How are you today? I'm doing fine. We are in uh, Studio B, so to speak. Studio B, also known as Mark's Office. Also known as Mark's Office. Also known as right off of Broadway in downtown Portland. Yeah, we're Broadway in Maine, so we might have a little traffic noise. We might. We apologize um, in advance, but right now, right now it seems manageable. Police sirens could go by. Fortunately, the really squeaky heater, it goes off at 5 o'clock, and, oh. and Dennis was late getting here, so, you know, it's off now, and that's good. Does that mean you freeze at 5 o'clock? Dude, I came in here over the weekend, and they don't turn it on on the weekends. Oh my god, it's it, cold this week. There's a thermostat here. It was cold. It was snowing this weekend, and it, was, it got down into the 50s in here. Oh, wow. Uh, it forced me home early, which may not be a bad thing. But I, I should was, sue the landlord. I was, did the federal government? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, it's easy, I hear. Super easy. Super easy. Everybody, all of our listeners should just go and sue the federal government. You know who I blame? Uh, who? Obama. Obama. Totally Obama. Totally Obama. I mean, I know he's not president anymore, but, you know, this is clearly a thanks Obama. Thanks Obama. No heat on the weekends. Yeah. So, episode 17. 17. A lot has happened since we started this podcast. In so many different ways. But in particular, we've been doing this long enough that several of the topics and cases we've talked about have updates. Yeah. So we're going to talk about those today. Yeah, we're going to give you updates on all the stuff that we talked about ages ago that some of you probably haven't even listened to. Kind of like our version of a clip show. Yes, but without clips. Without clips and would have our little wayback machine but it's not it'll go yeah no but uh really interesting that yeah. that we have updates to talk about on things that shows that we are we are topical and timely yeah ripped from the headlines so to speak indeed so i think we need to go back all the way to episode one back to the beginning back to the beginning do you remember what we called that episode i believe it was the number of the beast? I think it was the number of the beast. And we have an update on that case. Okay. So, uh, one, was it, it was one of the cases, I believe, we talked about. Yeah, so we, we so if memory serves, of, we, we... We had a we, lot of satanic activity. Right. So the main well. case we talked about, if I recall, was about a gentleman who refused to wear a sticker with the number 666 on it, right. reflecting 666 days accident-free in his workplace. Right. That is not, however, the case that has the update. After that, it's we not. talked We talked about another case that had to do with uh, handprint scanners. Handprint scanners. To get into a coal mine, if I recall. Right. And, and is that the case that you're talking that about? That was Butcher v. Console Energy. Okay. This comes out of the Fourth Circuit, in particular, the glorious, beautiful state of West Virginia. Okay, coal Which mines. Which is home to lots of coal mines. Coal mines. So what happened there, for those of you who haven't listened yet to episode one, and I implore you, go back and listen to it. 
it's a brilliant episode. We had our shtick so polished. We were so so like really good back then. We've we gone downhill since totally then. Downhill. Um, <laughs> Just put up with it. Yeah, it's still an interesting conversation. So, yeah, no, it's really good. <laughs> so what this coal mine, presumably wanting to fight time card fraud, had people clock in using a scan of their handprint. So what you would do is you would take your hand and you'd stick it on the scanner. It would go, I imagine. Just like in in movies where they knock out the security guard who's unconscious and And then then they they, they take the hand and they put it on the scanner. Except in this case, they're severed maybe. Yeah. Um, But in this case, it's real life and they're generally conscious, I would imagine. So there was one of the miners, a guy by the name of Beverly Butcher, who, by the way, is a guy. Guy Beverly. Guy Beverly. Um, who was an evangelical Christian. Okay. He'd been working at the coal mine for four decades. Four, four, four decades. decades. That's a but lot of time to be down they, in a mine. Well, which tells me he's probably like 48. Because, <laughs> you know, West Virginia. Are you going to make a West Virginia joke there? I, I No, if felt I was that. making West Virginia jokes, I'd talk about how his brother and his uncle and his grandfather work at the coal mine and how they're all the same guy. That's a West Virginia joke. But fortunately, you're not doing that. I'm not doing that because I have too much respect for the fine people of West Virginia. Anyway, (laughs) so what went on, he'd been working there forever. He was told that he had to like sign in using his handprint. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that because that will brand me with the biblical mark of the beast. That's right. Okay, I remember us talking about this. So right. I, I don't recall though. So what is so your handprint itself is the mark of the beast? I don't know. In my mind, you are mark of the beast. I okay. In fact, I think that should be your new nickname. Is mark of the beast? I'm I'm considering. I I kind I kind of dig it. Kind of dig it. M O T B. M O T B. It's kind of like G O A T. Greatest of all time, you can be MOTB, Mark of the Beast. Right, good word. MOTB. MOTB. Motby. For those of you who also like FEMLA. Right, who remember our, our we'll, we'll come back to our acronym conversation later. Yeah, we have more updates on that. So, Bev didn't want to be marked with the Mark of the Beast. Okay. So I'll asked, stay away from him. He asked for an accommodation and said, please don't brand me with the mark of the beast. And, of course, the coal mine, being a progressive West Virginia type of coal mine, said, no. No. You're going to... Go to hell. Go to hell. Go to hell, Bev. <laughs> <laughs> At least we sit here cracking ourselves up. Yeah, we thought that was funny. So, Bev, who the court found sincerely believed... That scanning his hand would damn him to eternal torment in hell. Decided, you know what? It's not worth me getting my pension or whatever. He pulled the Murtaugh rule. Okay. And said, I'm I'm tired. I'm getting too old for this. I'm too old for this stuff. 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 So he Murtaugh ruled out. Okay. But then he sued saying constructive discharge. Our favorite kind of discharge. Saying, basically, I had no choice but to quit my job because they were making Because of this failure to accommodate my religious accommodation. Right. Right. I couldn't do it, and I refused to do it because of that. Yeah, and not wanting to... That actually... 
kind of gets me there, which is a hard thing to get me there on a constructive discharge claim. It's tough, but when you're thinking about, like, do I comply with the, you know, the boss's directive, or do I burn in hell forever? Yeah, that that feels... Uh, It's starting to feel constructive discharge Yeah, constructive discharge Yeah. So, the Fourth Circuit agreed with you and me and everybody else who thought that he should probably get a reasonable accommodation for his religious beliefs. Okay. The coal mine, feeling really strongly about condemning Bev to eternal torment, appealed that to the U.S. Supreme Court, who this last week denied cert. And what does that mean? Denied cert means denied certification, meaning... They're not no, going to hear it's it. it's not that. It's it's certiorari. Certiorari, I believe. Yeah. They denied cert, meaning they don't want to hear the case, and they're letting the appellate court ruling stand. Which more or less means that they've endorsed the appellate court ruling. Right. Because not enough of the justices would vote to overturn it, so they didn't they vote didn't to take bother. it up. They didn't bother. It wasn't worth their effort. So, the law of the land, at least in the Fourth Circuit, is that you need to extend religious accommodations to people who believe that scanning their handprint will doom them to eternal torment in hell. Right. Now, let's let's be clear here, right, that the standard is still lower than the disability standard way, way, for, way, accommoda- way, way, way for accommodation. But this isn't very hard to accommodate. Well, it's not, except I can just, if I may, I can kind of see... The coal mine's argument here, and that is that we implemented this to prevent time card fraud. I bet, like, every coal miner in West Virginia just found Jesus. Just found Jesus, so they're all going to claim that they can't use the hand scanner either. So what's the alternative, right? And so there's other potential alternatives that they could use. potential alternatives. You could have somebody check in and then... You know, hire somebody whose job it is to look everybody in the face and compare them to the photo Facebook. Sure. I'm sure. I I imagine there's, right, I mean, is a fingerprint as hard as a handprint? I don't know from a religious, but I would look into that. What about a retina scan? I mean, there's other ways that you can, that you can, you know, identify somebody uh, electronically or otherwise that don't involve using your hand, your whole hand. Right. So I, I go to the gym, they take my fingerprint. Do they? Yeah, uh, 24 hour fitness. That's oh, pretty very, cool. That's super high tech. Yeah. I'm in the Gus Solomon fitness room. Yeah. I pay eight bucks a month. Yeah. It's not fancy. There's no there's no fingerprint scanner. And you're all alone, I understand. Generally speaking, I'm the only one there. One of the benefits of 24 hour. It's it's social. It's social. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Mark of the Beast, that's our first update. All right. That's very cool. So that was one update. I've got another one for you. Cool. Do you remember our good buddy, Jimmy DeMore? Yeah. Also known as James DeMore. 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 Or Asshat or Jackass. He was the guy back on episode 10. We had Ann Fromholtz here. Yes. And we talked about this guy who worked for Google and got fired because he sent around this memo criticizing Google and its diversity policies and then sued Google, claiming that Google had it in for white male conservatives. Remember him? I very much remember him. And we, yeah. we talked about how California has an interesting law that protects activity based on uh, political activity. Right. Something that, Which is something uh, that most states don't have. Something that most states don't have. Well, one of the things that our friend Jimmy 
was really critical about was what other people at Google would do to express their more liberal leanings. Right. Right. And he wrote yes. this big memo, and I think we had links in the show notes. Yes. Where you could go and read it. And he pulled all of these, like, message board posts. and Which was crazy to me that this is what all the Google employees spend their time doing is on message boards. Right. Like, don't they ever work? It, but they live on the Google campus. Because that's what Googles do. You have, like, you know, your little like sleep pods that you go into and catch a couple hours in the middle of the day. But otherwise you're working. Like you're just working all the time. So if you're going to mouth off on politics, you're probably going to do that at, at on, on your work message board. But what boggled my mind was that James DeMore was really, or DeMore, DeMore. <laughs> we don't know how to pronounce it, nor do we frankly care. But what Jimmy was really just all burned about was somebody had posted some meme under the Twitter handle "Punch all the Nazis"? Oh, and it, this upset him. This upset Jimmy, and apparently because he self-identifies with the National Socialist German Workers Party as someone who, I, who, I have who no may other get way punched. To interpret this, and he viewed this as you know a direct threat to his Naziness. Um. I found that quite fascinating. Yeah. Maybe it would have felt better if it was just punch some of the Nazis. And then maybe he wouldn't feel quite so direct, but all of them. Right. I mean, if they had said punch white male conservatives, you know, and he identifies as such, I could see that. But I think if you're going to get burned about punch all the Nazis, you pretty much got to come out of the Nazi closet. And anyway, we're going to leave that alone for now. But what's interesting about that, Google got sued again. Did they? They did. And this time they got sued by a guy named Tim Chevalier. Oh. Or Chevalier. We're not really sure, but... I'd go with the go, French. Going with Demore, I think we go we Italian, go we go French. Yeah. So Tim Chevalier sued Google saying he was fired for criticizing James Demore. Interesting. Yeah. So... He made a bunch of posts on message boards calling DeMore's 10-page ranty memo misogynistic, pointed out that it is sexist because it says women are less biologically suited to be engineers. It was anti-Trump. It was anti-racist and all of these things. He wrote this thing about how white boys, quote-unquote, expect privilege and feel threatened if they don't receive it. Chevalier, who is queer and transgender, worked as an engineer for Google for a couple years, and then he got fired, presumably over all of this. You want to know the kicker? Guess what Mr. Chevalier's message board handle was? Oh, let me go out on a limb. (laughs) Do. Punch all of the Nazis? So Google fired Punch All the Nazis, who was the guy that DeMora was so bent about. So now you've got these two people who apparently just hate each other, both suing Google, one saying it was for expressing their conservative views, the other saying it was for expressing their liberal views. And what was Google's explanation for firing uh, Punch All the Nazis? Well, Google being a company of few words, issued a press release. And it says, 
An important part of our culture is lively debate. But like any workplace, that doesn't mean anything goes. All employees acknowledge our code of conduct and other workplace policies under which promoting harmful stereotypes based on race or gender is prohibited. This is a very standard expectation that most employers have of their employees. The overwhelming majority of our employees communicate in a way that, that is consistent with our policies. But when an employee does not, it is something we must take seriously. We always make our decision without any regard to the employee's political views. Interesting. So, there you have it. Do you think that Google is trying to perhaps insulate themselves from liability in the Demore case for being discriminatory against conservative viewpoint by also firing somebody with a liberal point of view? That's a very, very... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cynical, Cynical viewpoint, perhaps? I, you know, I, I'm paid the big bucks for a reason. Yeah, well, one, <laughs> what, one could wonder whether this was a little bit of self-protection on Google's part. What I would like to know, and just don't, is what is the timeline? Right. Did they fire Demore and then they fired Chevalier and then all of this turned into a kerfuffle, in which case Google's looking pretty innocent? Yeah. Or did they fire Chevalier only after the Demore thing hit the newspaper? Try to use it as later evidence right. of, you know, we take an equal opportunity point of view when yeah. it comes to firing people. I honestly don't know. If it's the former, got to commend Google on that. Yeah, I doubt it. Based again, on the, just based on the timing. But, but again, you're cynical. You're not the, you know, Pollyanna optimist that I am. Well, I've known you for so long, and yeah. there has to be a yin to your yang. <laughs> anyway, so that's the that's our Demora update, and pretty soon we'll have a Chevalier update, I'm sure, as this new case continues to work itself out. Actually, Demora's still out there. These, these guys are going to fight for a long time. And I believe there's another piece to the Demora case. There is? Oh, there is. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. So He had a charge, if I recall, with the National Labor Relations Board. Tell us about that. So, you may have heard of this little lone federal law known as the National Labor Relations Act. NULRA. NULRA. Nobody calls it that. Let's just be clear. We're just making a joke. So... The National Labor Relations Act is the law that governs, among other things, labor union activity in the United States. Indeed. But it's not specific to labor union activity. It actually applies to something that's called concerted and protected activity. Regardless of whether you're in a union or not. Exactly. So, given that Mr. DeMore is just really out to get Google... Besides suing Google, he filed a charge with the National Labor Relations Board, which is the agency that enforces the act, saying that he was fired in violation of his NLRA rights to engage in concerted activities with his co-workers. Okay, which is what protects employees from getting together and banding together and forming unions in the first place. This last week, the National Labor Relations Board came out and said, not so fast. While the the NLRA does protect somebody's political speech 
that is geared towards getting your coworkers together and advancing your terms and conditions of employment, it does not protect the lone ravings of a lunatic. That's not quite the words. It's not the words they used. It was pretty. Well, doesn't doesn't the the, well? Let's let's focus in on that. The lone ravings speaks to concerted the concerted part of what you were talking about. It has to be either two or more or a call to arms to your coworkers. His was neither. It was just ranting to the boss and the powers that be that like you know hey. This guy's saying punch all the Nazis, and apparently I'm one, so that's bad. That's that's not really a concerted. He'd need somebody else to kind of be there with him doing that. Yes, if he if he went out and said, "Me and my white conservative brothers are being terribly, terribly oppressed by Google. We want that to change." That would sound like concerted activity, but that's not what he did. So the National Labor Relations Board kicked it out. They also said, you're also just kind of a jackass. You're, the board said that? Yeah. You're, that they use that word? Not in exactly those terms. I'm kidding. I know they didn't. But close. They, they basically said, like, no, your right-wing political... White-wing? White-wing. <laughs> that, that type of, like, basic racist hate speech is not protected anyway. So, sorry, buddy. You just lose. So, in that sense, not a great week for Mr. DeMore. No. Poor DeMore. But as far as we know, no one has punched him. Okay. I, I suppose there's silver linings. Yeah. Well, well, for him. For him. Well, I meant for him. Um, apparently, Mr. Chevalier would like to. Maybe they'll meet in the hallways of the courthouse. That is chance. That'll be interesting that when it happens. A, that would be a good update. I would imagine that there will be more updates on this case as time moves forward, yeah. and we will bring them to you, because clearly we're not interested in it. Yeah. There's more. Oh? There was a case that came out of the Second Circuit this last week. Oh, you mean more as in another update? Another not, update. not more about Demore. Uh, God, okay. I was it. like, oh, there's a third Demore no piece Demore. I didn't know about. Okay, no more Demore. No, we're done. No, there's a pun there, but I, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I'm not getting it. Yeah. So, um, do you want to tell us about that one? Well, yeah. So briefly, I, you know, we had just talked. I, I think this is just a very quick update, but we had previously talked, uh, I think, several times. Yeah, more than uh, once about Title Seven, which right. federal law protecting uh, certain protected classes against discrimination by employers, right? right? And race, we, sex, national origin, right? And specifically, we had talked about sex and right. the question of what sex means uh, in today's world. Uh, does that include, does it cover sexual orientation discrimination? Right. And we've known that there's been a bit of a disagreement between the circuits yeah. in interpreting that language. Well, And in the federal government. And in the federal government itself. Under the Obama administration, the Department of Justice took the position that, yes, Title VII did protect sexual orientation as a form of sex stereotyping, which in turn is a form of sex discrimination under Title VII. The Trump administration and Attorney General Jeff Sessions has taken the exact opposite point of view. And so I'll, I'll just note that Dennis is making rude gestures here as he does that. I, I was not. I won't describe them. But. I was amused. Mark was amused. You all can just use your imagination. Use your imagination. Um, 
So Attorney General Jeff Sessions <laughs> directed the Department of Justice to do a 180 on that and, and said that um, sexual orientation was not protected under Title VII. But the battle in the courts rages on. Battle in the courts rages on. And I have to imagine that, that there's the, the chance that that actual that change in policy is going to lead to more litigation. More litigation. And it's may the, actually just yeah. settle the issue. It could. At least, at least vis-a-vis the, national, uh, the federal government. Right. So, what Very happened in the courts this week, Mark? Second Circuit. Second Circuit, so which is... it's New York. New York. Uh, I think Connecticut, maybe. Uh, I'm yeah, not they, sure. They always throw a second state in yeah, there. Yeah, no, PA in New Jersey or the Third Circuit. New York. I can't, I can't remember where else. Maybe Rhode Island. Maybe. I think that's first. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's part of New England. Yeah. Um, uh, ruled that... In the Second Circuit, yeah. that uh, sexual orientation is included in sex. Right. So they have weighed in on that, and it's a fairly significant case, yeah. uh, and, and actually drew the ire of same said Jeff Sessions, uh, who criticized the opinion. Oh, did he now? Yes. Shocking. Or not. Um, do you remember what the um, occupation at issue was? I don't recall off the top of my head. Is this the skydiver case? Uh, yes. I'm looking at the article right now. Siding with the estate of a deceased skydiving instructor who was allegedly fired for telling a client he was gay. And what I don't know and really want to know, it's a deceased skydiver. So what, what the listeners may not know is that if you discriminate against a person and then they die their estate can forge on with the discrimination lawsuit. So the fact that this person was dead does not really alter the legal standing of this one bit, but it does alter my curiosity. When a skydiving instructor snuffs it, I want to know, did they die in the line of duty? Oh, interesting. Like, did a chute fail to open? Is that why they died? I I don't, for once, I'm trying to make light. Uh, Well, I may have an answer for you here. Zarda, who filed suit in 2010 and later died in a base jumping accident. Oh, so it sounds unreal. You know what base jumping is? I know exactly what base jumping is. It's when you're not in an airplane, you're like jumping off a cliff. It's, uh, is it buildings? I know the S is structures. Oh, it's an acronym. It's an acronym. Yes. You mean B A S E B A S E jumping? No one calls for, it base jumping for well. certain individuals. That's yeah. right. Um, I know the B is buildings. I know the S is structures. I think the A might be antenna. Wow, and I had no I, idea. E may be earth, like jumping off a cliff. Oh yeah, but somebody with, somebody correct me on that. With I'm a sure parachute or one of those always with flying yeah, squirrel with suits, a, which still also have a parachute. Yes. Oh okay. Yeah, but super cool. It's unfortunate that they that they died. Um, of course. But anyway, yeah. So the Second Circuit joins the fray on the side of yes, Title Seven does protect sexual orientation as a form of sex stereotype. And I think if you and I had to ballpark this, that's the trend. That is most definitely the trend. There have been attempts to get Congress to actually codify that into law and protect sexual orientation as a protected class. Probably not going to happen during the current Congress or the current occupant of the White House. But there, that's been the trend going is on. moving in that direction the over over the long the long term trends. Yeah. So, wow, that's some pretty nifty updates. They are. Yeah. Do you want to take a break and come back with a little listener-submitted update? Yeah, I think maybe we'll take a, a break since we haven't taken one of this episode. And I think we've got one more update and a listener story. Cool. We will be right back. 
are back. Hi, Dennis. We're back and we're bad. <laughs> we are bad. <laughs> so, another quick update. Um, you may recall a few episodes ago, we had what actually ended up being our most, uh, in, in some ways, uh, commented on, yeah. interested party debate, debate sparking. when we had uh, Dan Schwartz on, right. and we talked about acronyms, which we've referenced a few times already in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and the whole controversy began without us even realizing it. Because right. here in Oregon, which apparently Oregon and like one person in California, we refer to the Family Medical Leave Act as FIMLA. Apparently no one else in the country does that. And many people think it's an abomination unto all that is holy. Right. Now they say FMLA. FMLA. Or the FMLA. Right. And to turn that into a two-syllable word was uh, offensive might be a word that's wow bringing out the vocabulary yeah i got my i got my thesaurus out thesaurus yeah yeah yeah, my thesaurus (laughs) your demore thesaurus demore chevalier thesaurus yeah um so we got a lot of comments and and feedback and uh, mostly telling us that we're full we're of crap. just full of it. Yeah, you guys suck. That's what we heard. Like, yeah, no, no, like you guys told time. us that we suck. Not, but, it's not but, but, Dennis but, telling all of no, you no, that you no, suck. That, that no, on this point, I might make that point. Y'all suck. Yeah, because we made the point right. It's so much easier to say femla than it's two syllables, not four syllables. I am anyway, femla evangelical. Hallelujah, femla. Femlagelical. Femlagelical. So we received an email um, that I just thought was interesting. Not really an update. It's not a legal update, but we received an email from yeah. our very good friend, Dan Grinfis. Hey, Dan. Uh, Dan is a lawyer here in Portland at Buchanan, Angeli, Altschul, and Sullivan, a law firm that has is entirely made up of former colleagues of ours. Yeah. And uh, he sent us this email uh, with the subject line, loved your acronym segment because I'm an alphabet soup nerd. I thought I'd just read it because I thought Please it was interesting and, and, and gave a little more uh, technical uh, view of the debate. So we, we won't have to pay Dan royalties if you do this, right? I, I don't think so. We're not going to. Well, then no. Okay. All right. Sorry, Dan. Dan says... Buy a beer. Yeah. Yeah. That's the royalty. Yeah. Beer royalty. Uh, <laughs> Dan says, uh, I too generally refer to FEMLA. Though I am careful to use FMLA more often when presenting to a national audience at gigs like my Nelly conference. Nelly being... N-E-L-I. And in N-E-L-I conference, because obviously we can't turn that into a word. No, never. Was it the National Employment Law Institute? I think so. Uh, Or else, to tell them up front that I interchangeably use the FEMLA shorthand reference. I do that interchangeably also with FLISA, not FULSA, for the FLSA, and I definitely say FICRA for FCRA, you do have to be careful with the vowel and pronunciation there. Oh, indeed you do. You indeed you do. You would call it FACRA. FACRA would be you'd, just you'd terrible. Or FECRA. Or FECRA. I don't see what could go wrong. With no. Um, it goes without saying... <laughs> I think that's all the vowels. That's it. That's it. Uh, goes without saying that Cobra and HIPAA and ERISA and USERA and WARN, all of which we talked about in our episode, are yeah. spoken phonetically rather than saying the initials. There's also pending in Congress the Family Act, which is the Family and Medical Insurance Leave Act that would provide paid family leave. And obviously that's another one intended to be read phonetically. Yeah. 
The official name of the law, by the way, is the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act of 1993. So there's some basis to argue that FAMLA makes sense. Well, is it is federal part of the name of the no, law? No, he just has a quoted Family and Medical Leave Act. Is He's just noting okay. that it's a federal act. So we shouldn't act. study for f- f- FAMLA. Okay. But if you want to, go ahead. Not really. It's mostly, as you noted, the advantage for me in teaching a long leave seminar of two syllables as opposed to four, right? It's two, a huge economy of, of language. Of, of language. You get, through, you get through the words faster. Yeah, totally. And I think it may be a bit of an Oregon phenomenon, which we had speculated about. Yes. Um, since we have the Oregon Family Leave, leave Act, uh, OFLA, or as we all can pronounce it, OFLA, OFLA. or OFLA, as some people say, I've never heard anybody refer to it as the OFLA. No. We also have... We would we would stone such a person. Right. And, call them and so bitch. if you call it... I'm just, I'll just repeat. We said this before. If you call it OFLA, you're not going to say OFLA and FMLA. You're going to say exactly. OFLA and FEMLA. So I think that's the, that is the answer. So I think it might, my, there might be a local... Yeah. A localism here. Yeah. Uh, we also have... Colloquialism. Colloquialism. Uh, we also have OMFLA, OMFLA, the Oregon Military Family Leave Act. So the two-syllable version of each is much easier to go with. This is also true in Washington, where they have WFLA, WMFLA, and WFCA. And California, where they have CFRA, which I've always called CIFRA, and a gazillion other leave laws. By the way, there's a whole another debate as to whether it's FMLA or VFMLA. Uh, We're not going to wade into that. Not at all. But my favorite yeah. is Prurora. <laughs> P-R-W-O-R-A. P-R-W-O-R-A. Do you know that one offhand, Dennis? The Puerto Rican uniform. No, it's a, no, it's no. a W. Oh, then no, I don't. You know, uh, it's the federal. Again, there's no. It's not a silent F. He's just saying okay. it's a federal law. It's a federal law. Uh, though I guess F. Well, PF might work, but FP doesn't work. Um, the Federal Personal <laughs> Personal Responsibility and Work Opportunity Reconciliation Act of 1996. You don't litigate oh, that all the time. Sadly, no. Uh, that's, that's the one that made me work to get welfare, isn't it? That's the federal law that requires all employers to report new hires to the designated state agency in oh. Oregon, the Department of Justice Division of Child Support, within 20 days of hire to go into a database to track deadbeat parents who aren't paying their child support. Wow. Interesting. Thank you, Dan, for yeah. sending us that. Uh, it puts a whole new spin on on the conversation, I think, yeah. and gives some context as to why we are so apparently backwater here in yeah, Oregon. Totally. But really, all I have to say to all of you who criticized us, really, WTF. W- Woodaf. Woodaf. All right. And on that note... as always we're going to wrap this one up with a listener submitted story and you know you guys have been great sending us stories we've been getting some more we've actually gotten quite a few in over the last couple of weeks so you know those backlogs don't last so please send your tales of workplace hilarity to stories at hwepodcast.com we appreciate it if we, you do. We totally do. And we may just read it on the air. We may just. And speaking of which, yeah. I'm going to read one right now. <gasps> Dude. Here I go. Wow, cool. I've been listening to your podcast and just listened to the Christmas Party podcast last week. I wanted to die laughing. It was so funny. 
It makes us feel so good. But don't don't die. Don't die. It's, no, that wouldn't it's, make it's us feel really good. really bad for our listener statistics. Yes. Apparently, if we track that sort of thing. Um, we don't. I know it's way past the holidays, but my company does its parties in January and February as thanks for a good year parties. Or Lunar New Year. Uh, you could do that, too. Yeah. Uh, so we just had ours a few weeks ago. This year, not so bad. But the past few years, we've been kicked out of two different venues. Whoa. Uh, you heard that right. We were kicked out. So, story number... It's to num- be a good party. Oh, just you wait. Yeah. Story number one. This was my first party with the company. I had no idea what to expect, but I had heard some stories. I found a great private venue. The food was good, the bar was open, and the employees were having a good time. I met several wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, etc. Nice to know uh, that the employees have lives outside of work. There were two in particular that were very special that night. The first was the girlfriend of a store manager. She had never met me before. I was the new HR person for the company, and one of the first things she asked me is if I smoke. I said no. She then asked if I just meant no to cigarettes or to everything. Oh. Because she liked to engage in a little herbal smoke therapy at times. (laughs) What a great turn of words. That sounds like such the Pacific Northwest phrase. Yes. uh, Or any of those states, perhaps, that has... Colorado. Yeah, legalized uh, a certain drug. California now. Um, uh, So, yes, she liked to engage in a little herbal smoke therapy at times and wondered if I did the same. Keep in mind, we have a zero-tolerance drug policy for which I am responsible to manage and drug test our employees. And this store manager's girlfriend just asked me if I smoke dope. Really? She then proceeds to ask if she can touch my boobs. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of came out of nowhere. She likes to touch women's boobs. As do many of us, As, but that doesn't but make it the not right thing to do. Generally, at the holiday party. party, yeah, it doesn't matter if she knows them or not. She just likes to reach out and give them a squeeze. Before I could say no, she was touching me in a way I prefer not to mention. But you just did mention it. Fair enough. Uh, this, by the way, is very important for later, so don't forget it. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. That's a literary device. It is. Uh, no one was drunk enough yet for this. The other mentionable... Wait, again, which suggests there is a level of drunkenness at which... Things is becomes appropriate. Yeah. The other the other mentionable for the night was the girlfriend of another employee who was so drunk, she sat in a chair and cried all night about how horrible her life was. Uh, All the while, her boyfriend just ignored her and kept drinking. Multiple people tried to get him to take her home. Instead, he told her to go home and to leave and and let her. Oh, and he let her leave alone. Did I mention? Nice guy. Yeah, super classy. Did I mention she came to the party with a big black eye? Ooh, not nice guy. Dark turn. Um, Best part, what I have mentioned so far, is not why we were kicked out. I left early because I'm not a big drinker, but from what I heard, one of our other store managers got in an argument with the bartender because the bartender cut him off. This argument turned into the entire waitstaff accusing our group of being unruly, loud, and obnoxious. They kicked us out. Not shocked. No, no. They kicked us out an hour early. Keep in mind, the booze was flowing all night. I'm surprised they made it as late as they did. (laughs) Uh, Story number two. But wait, there's There's more. The second year with the company, I found a different venue. I tried to incorporate more activities to keep the drinking down. 
great idea. But yeah, you could smoke weed. Right, that that's an activity. The drinking down. Uh, but with, with a silly policy. <laughs> but with an open bar, that's just so hard to do. Remember the boob grabbing girl from the previous year? I do. As do I. Only because you told us to remember the foreshadowing. The foreshadowing was there. All right. Um, she was there again. Only this year, she was an equal opportunity grabber. She decided to grab a complete stranger's boobs. A woman who was not with our party. Oops. A woman who was understandably upset. The woman complained to the management, and management kicked out our entire party because of that one, one incident. One boob grab? One map? boob grab gets the entire, the entire company kicked out. I tried to talk them into letting everyone... named our episode. <laughs> Maybe. I tried to talk them into letting everyone stay except the people with the booby girl, but they weren't having it. So our group left, and they went to a nightclub. I did not follow. Wise choice. I went home because I have a brain. But I can tell you that more alcohol was purchased. There were stories and videos of very inappropriate things, and we refrained from talking about, about that year in mixed company. Many secrets and bonds were formed that night. Ooh. Surprisingly, this year, the store manager who was dating the booby girl was surprised and upset when I told him he was invited to our party, but his girlfriend was not. Needless to say, they did not come. The drunk from the first year no longer works for us, and we only had one person thrown out. A huge improvement. Yeah, that should go in the shareholder report. And no, you can't come work for us, but I will be sure to call when we get sued after next year's party. Oh, please do. Please, please do. Please, please do. Can't wait for that phone call. Love that kind of work. Thank you so much for that story. It it was an awesome story. Amazing. Uh, you know what it reminds me of? No. Remember when you and I attended a certain party at a certain former workplace of ours? And I, a certain former colleague brought a really interesting date who may have been a professional, he says, winking and nudging. Oh. Reminds me a little bit of that. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. We'll let you guys just imagine. Yeah. But it was Law pretty, party. It was epic. Yeah. It, was, it epic. was totally epic. Um, on that note, I think we should probably uh, let our listeners go. I'll just note it wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't me either. Okay. Just want to make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> Only because neither of us thought of it. Or, or just it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Dennis, yes. If people really like us, they yeah. want to support us. Oh, and they like should. financially support us so that we can cover our expenses for this endeavor. Which are monumental. Um, well, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't go that far. Okay, fine. They're but, substantial. Um, they're somewhere around, maybe a little under substantial, considerable. But, uh, yeah, they're they're not insignificant how about that are not insignificant expenses could use your help and if you want to pitch us a couple bucks go to www.patreon.com slash hwe and there you can become a hostile work environment patron and depending on how much you know of your hard-earned lucre you throw our way we might mention your name on the air or invite you to come on and tell your own story in your own voice and then have us mock you directly 
which instead of like via email, it's our be a huge improvement. It's our specialty. It's our specialty. Um, seriously, we, you know, we're we're getting close to being able to cover our nut on this, but we're not quite there. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for listening. Follow us on Twitter. We are tweeting at HWE Podcast. Dennis is doing that. He's doing an awesome job. And I manage the Facebook page, and I'm doing a moderately, you, you, barely you're okay job. You're doing a better job. job than I am. There's more um, people on Facebook than Twitter. Well, it's also been going for longer. but well, that's true. Uh, you can follow us on social media is the point. Yeah. Except Instagram. We're not on Instagram. No. We, Should we be on Instagram? We, we hate Instagram. Remember? We do? No. We just never thought about it. Well, I, we don't have a lot of pictures. Should we, should we take pictures of the two of us? We should take pictures of the two of like us. Like recording? Yeah, totally. We'll, we'll do that. I don't know if it'll be on Instagram. We, we, we could just like put it on, on YouTube, like when they shoot the like Don Imus show and they just have like video. Oh, we could just of, have like, like a video of the two of us of talking. Guys talking. I don't know why anybody finds that interesting. Yeah, but they get tons of views. It beats me. Well, maybe we should maybe do we that. we should do that. Yeah, if you think we should do that, send it to stories at hwepodcast.com. Yeah, let us know. If, or or if, let us know on social media. Tweet at us. Yeah, tweet at us. Or if you think that's just a terrible idea and that it would scare children, because you've seen a picture. Yeah, because you've seen a picture of Dennis before. Yeah, you know, I'm up on the firm website now and in my bearded glory. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. We've drawn this out long enough. I think so. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. But in this business of show, you have to have the heart of an angel and the hide of an elephant.